and we're live. Do we get an intro this week? The site is different. Yeah, we do. The site's the site's snazzy. It's all sparkly. Thank we... you very much to uh, the web designer. Should we should we plug him? His it's on the website. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's at the bottom, very bottom. Yeah, thank you very much, Ben. Mm-hmm. Ben, thank you very Shout much. Out to sincerely, ben. we um, we needed a, a, a more hip looking website. And professional we... is the word I like to throw around. Oh, I, I I like to say hip because I'm a I'm forty. That's right, listeners. This is forty. This That's is Tom. forty. Yeah, and forty is the new fifty. I'm and so, orange is the new so old brown. Tom's old. Uh, but yeah, we have a new. Uh, there's still going to be some changes here and there. Mm-hmm. Work out some of the kinks. But yeah, a little more easier to navigate. A little check better out. looking. Check and, it out. Um, don't click the about page just yet because I haven't updated that in a million years. Yeah. Uh, www.majorcastsnetwork.com. Professional. This is Media Majors, the storytelling podcast. We about tell major stories. media. You're Liam Sr. You're Tom Lockney. You tell stories about film and television. You tell stories about video games and the horrible culture of the internet. <laughs> Some real spookums. Mm. Uh, and today's theme, I think I, I, it's a little bit looser, but I think today's theme is going to be rehashing. Mm, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's bring works. it up. We're really, we're really bringing up the dirt. Joseph Levitch was born March 16th, 1926. He changed his name to Jerry Lewis and became a comedian. An American comedian, actor, singer, humanitarian, film director, film producer, screenwriter, and author, he was known for his slapstick humor in film, television, stage, and radio, and was nicknamed the king of comedy in the 50s. Lewis was one half of the hit popular comedy duo Martin and Lewis with singer Dean Martin, and they did stuff together for 10 years. This is back when... No, they were like knee deep. They kissed. In strange. They probably did. This is back when comedy teams didn't even have to do comedy. They could just like sing and wait for the other one to finish singing because he's Dean Martin. And then, you know, then they'd fall down. What a country. They're not. It's not very funny. Play, play me off, Steve Martin. <laughs> My son. <gasps> That's right. This is this is our version of the Push It Drake beef where we reveal that Steve Martin is Dean Martin's son. I love it. After the team split, Jerry Lewis became a director and a solo star in motion pictures, made appearances in nightclubs, on television shows, and concerts, and musicals, and sang in music albums and recordings. Outside of his career, Lewis supported fundraising for muscular dystrophy research, serving for 60 years as the spokesman for... Oops, sorry, spokesman and national chairman for the Muscular Dystrophy Association, which also and he also hosted and emceed a live telethon that uh, would, you know, for raising money, that would go on for 44 years, and this was like a, one of the big first telethons. Uh, one of the most successful performers in the show business with worldwide box office receipts of his films in excess of $800 million. Lewis received global acclaim for his unique ability and style with comedy and drama, uh, he was voted Hollywood's top box office star from 51 to 65. But in later years, he died on the hill of saying women aren't and cannot be funny a bunch. Uh, Which to me no. overshadows pretty much every of all of his oh, accomplishments. Oh my god. Making him worthless. Oh man. But hey, let's rehash some shit from the past and let's talk about one of the weirder moments of his career. The Day the Clown Cried is an unreleased 1972 Swedish-French drama film Directed by and starring 
Jerry Lewis. It was written by Joan O'Brien, who had co-written the original script with Charles Denton 10 years previous. Let's read the Wikipedia plot. Jerry Lewis plays a washed-up German circus clown named Helmut Dork, with two O's, during the beginning of okay, World but, War... Okay, yeah, but what's he, what does he do in the movie? <laughs> hey. Flavin. Uh, during the beginning of World War II and the Holocaust. This is a plot point of grand importance. Oh, oh, hey, I'm just gonna... Quick trigger warning at the top. This movie's about the Holocaust, and it does not end well. Okay. Um... Although Helmet was once a famous performer who toured with the Ringling Brothers, he is now past his prime and receives little respect. After Dork causes an accident during a sh the show, the head clown convinces the circus owner to demote Dork, so a bunch of stuff goes wrong with him. Um, he gets fired. He then gets arrested by the Gestapo for ranting about Germany and drunkenly mocking Adolf Hitler. Following an interrogation, at, uh, uh, he is imprisoned in a Nazi camp for a political prisoner, uh, where he remains for three to four years. I like how even the movie isn't sure I'm of how long. I'm very confused as to what genre of film this is. It's a drama. To be. It's a drama. Yeah. Okay. So basically, he gets a job at um <clears throat> at a uh, internment camp, performing for the children there, uh, which he enjoys because he gets an audience and he's performing again. But then he learns what is happening with the camps in yeah. the Holocaust. Yeah. Uh, he also, you know, he tries to, like, fight back and is beaten by SS officers and put in solitary confinement. And what happens is he ends up going with the kids to Auschwitz, deciding to also die with them so that they can enjoy their last moments. This sounds like uh, an incredibly uh, sad film. Which, you know, it is about the Holocaust. The film so. ends with, the like, they're in the showers and the kids are, like, laughing as he's performing. So before it was made, Jerry Lewis met with a producer named Nat Waksberger. Uh, see, Waksberger had tried to get Bobby Darin, Milton Berle, and even Dick Van Dyke, who all said, what the fuck after yeah. reading the script like, and we're being like no I, I no thank you I i'm confused like i'm not like opposed hmm? to it necessarily oh, what's, but what's i don't confusing? know what like it's what it's are they trying it's to it's a holocaust do. drama starring a comedian as a clown what is confusing about this i'm very uh, listen like, i just want you to drink this milkshake that i've filled with broccoli it, and piss is it trying to be about like finding hmm? finding like happy moments during this horrible thing or is it no, it's like, about a clown that entertains kids in the Holocaust. Yeah, but what's it about? Uh, my like, guess is like, what's the message of the film? I'm like, that's what I. That's yeah. what I'm very confused no, about. No, no one knows. It was never screened because of its dumb, horrible content. It wasn't exactly handled well. Um. Jerry Lewis originally thought that it was a role that was too scary. And he recommended that Waksberger get someone like Sir Lawrence Olivier, because this isn't a comedy, and I'm a comedian. But he decided to do it anyways, because he thought he would be, you know, doing something honorable. Because it's really honorable to be in a movie. Liam's shaking my head now. Right, I'm shaking Tom's head. shaking my head now. Oh, God. <laughs> Hair everywhere. Oh, my weak neck. My weak, <laughs> brittle neck. Your weak, brittle pussy and your weak, brittle crack. My neck, my back, my pussy, oh, my crack. Oh, okay. Come on. Come on, guys. 
It was shot in Sweden. Um, cast members uh, said that the film was difficult to work on. Lewis seemed distracted, nervous, and depressed. preoccupied with money. Sounds like depression. A little bit. Uh, they ran out of money almost immediately, and the producer, Waksberger, just kept lying about giving them more money. Um, they were sh- The writers were shown a rough cut of the film, and they said that it was a complete and total disaster. It didn't make any sense, and it kept switching from tones too much to make anything meaningful. Eventually, a rough cut was assembled, but everyone agreed that it should just not be made. The film was never released and remains unreleasable due to the failure to secure underlying rights from the one writer who said, I can't let this get out and destroy my career. Although it was never seen publicly, the film became a source of legend almost immediately after its production. In a 1992 article in Spy Magazine, comedian and kind of a dick Harry Shearer, who saw a rough cut of the film in 79, said, basically it was like like you're in Tijuana and you see a blacklight poster of the Auschwitz train and you're just like, what the fuck? (laughs) What the fuck is this? Um... He believes that Jerry Lewis uh, only made it because it was a way for the Academy to not ignore it. They would they, they would be fools to ignore ignore such an important film. Exploitation is what he was doing. Yeah. Everyone who worked on it said it was a disaster. Even Jerry Lewis, he, every time he's been asked about it at this point, he just says that he was embarrassed and he will never ever see it. Oh, so people have tried to remake the movie, which is a super good idea. Uh, they tried to get um, <laughs> Richard well, Burton on board. How can you remake something that's never been released? Robin Williams was in talk to play it at one point. William Hurt was considered in the 90s, but nothing really came of that's, it. That's like being like, oh, we almost named you, we, we named you Declan because your dad was almost named Declan. <laughs> So and then Lewis is getting more agitated every time he's asked about it. He's yelling at people. He's getting real snipey. Uh, so quick detour. France loves Jerry Lewis. To them, he is one of the most important cultural icons of all time. The French saw in Mr. Lewis a revolutionary, a man who dared, an experimentalist and a pioneer, and an artist with absolute creative freedom. He was as good as the Marx Brothers, as Buster Keaton, as the Surrealists as anybody they were obsessed so uh it's not surprising that they that in france you could find a documentary behind the scenes of this movie that no one's really sure like how it came to be but it's there and it's really hard to find like just as the actual movie is Mm -hmm. um so yeah this movie sort of has become a, a uh what's the word i'm looking for a sort of like secret like this weird <laughs> secret that goes around places and you can't find any cuts even though before jerry lewis died he donated a cut to the library of congress on the rule that it can't be screened until 2024 oh well, well hey everybody so, if we make it that long yeah. well you know how time oh, is yeah, in four and oh my god that's six years from now you know what there's no way there's no way we can last six more years so it, everything's too depressing the french loved it mm-hmm. because the french love jerry lewis and it's weird because Jerry Lewis isn't that very good. Wait, at so they have, so France has seen this movie. Like people in the film industry. In okay. France. Um, and the script goes around. Speaking of which, Patton Oswalt 
once got his hands on the script in the 90s, like before he was really anybody. Mm-hmm. And he got a group of people together like Bob Odenkirk, Scott Ackerman, Dave Foley, and Paul F. Tompkins to do a live reading. And the day of the show, he got a cease and desist letter from a Hollywood jock schmuck who was trying to get the movie off the ground with Chevy Chase in the lead role. What? Yes. So instead of reading the script, which they said was one of the most ridiculous things that they've ever read, it's like a poorly made, poorly written movie. (laughs) Nothing they could do to save it. Um, they did these like improvised bits of uh, the the producers coming up with Chevy Chase, uh, like phone calls about the movie and stuff, and it just like completely roasted everybody involved. Good. So it has a happy ending. That's nice. As people try to rehash this terrible movie, don't make this movie. Now, that being said, there is a movie coming out soon called uh, Jojo the Rabbit, made by Polynesian Jew Taika Waititi. Thank you. One of my absolute favorite directors in the background on my phone. It's true. And in that movie, he will be playing an imaginary version of Hitler, because there's nothing Hitler would have hated than being played by a Polynesian Jewish man. Ah, So the thing is, you can make a funny movie that happens to be about Nazis and the Holocaust. Just don't do the clown cried version yeah don't the the boy in the striped pajamas but But also there's a clown we're gonna take a break here about a show on the network that isn't this one and we're gonna come back we promise do you find yourself unable to watch television who has the time well luckily we do i'm liam senior i'm josh phillips We host a podcast where we watch old canceled TV for For you. Musty TV, every Thursday on the Major Cast Network. My father says we're crazy. My mother won't talk to me anymore. Promise achieved. Hey, everybody. ASMR? It was Meltdown May on Twitter. And oh, what a Meltdown May it was. Roseanne Barr finally got her show canceled for tweeting too many racist things. Oh, yeah. I was going to do a media minor about that, but, uh, like... We all made fun of Elon Musk for dating Grimes to the point that he ended up saying positive things about the sex cult Nick Sivum and accidentally tweeted that Tesla workers who tried to unionize would lose stock options, which is in violation of labor law. And the anti-Semitic comment. Oh, yeah, who do you think runs the media, Liam? Who runs the media? It's it's, it's, ju- it's lot, just it's, people. It's, it's people. It's, it's not Jews. Yeah, it's, it's not, not Jews. just Jews. We have reached a point in the life cycle of Twitter that the drama is truly, truly spicy, which has prompted others to reflect on drama on other social media websites. You may have seen a post going around from at underscore make the murder. About that is a very good name. About Tumblr scandals that Twitter could never, ever recreate. I'm not going to read the post because I think it, it spoils a lot of the fun of letting these events wash over you. So without further ado, Tumblr scandals that Twitter could never, ever recreate an anthology. One, Bog Body. <laughs> what? Oh, man. I've got a bog on my body and a body on my bog. From user Patrexit. Fun fact, my cat and I are both blind, so we accidentally run into each other sometimes, but because I'm much louder than he is when he, we get close to each other, he trips to warn me he's there. Reblog by Actually Blind. Thank you for sharing this. This is beautiful solidarity. 
Reblog by Mesopelagic. The best part about this is how OP is a necrophile. Wait, what? Where did it, where did he get this information from? Uh, then reblogged by Piss Vortex. Mm. It's true. It's true. I was wondering when Piss Vortex was gonna get thrown in. Uh, Petrexis is a necrophilia, a necrophiliac. Content warning for this next part. This comes from a post where Petrexis defends her views and conflates necrophilia necrophilia with queerness, which. <laughs> Which, yeah, yeah, yeah. Different things. Yes. The desecration of human remains is not queer. Necrophiliacs are not a group oppressed for their orientation. They are a group oppressed because their (laughs) views and actions transgress on basic human rights. They're ostracized for the same reason that racists are. Like, please don't, please don't put necrophilia and pedophilia with queerness. Don't do it. They're different things from different, different minds. Yes. I I just wanted to establish the terms and reject the premise so we can have a little fun with this read. Quote. Oh, boy. Uh, fucking a bog body is a queer act. Oh, no. Because I mean, they're right, but not in that way. Because it engages with non-normative matters of being an embodiment. Comma, comma, comma. Uh, Embodiment? Embodiment? And death is in hand. Nope, nope. Death is inherently queer. No, wait, like the Grim Reaper, sure. Because dying is an inherently non-reproductive act. That means eating a sandwich is queer. Which, which, yeah, and like, like there are moving my arm is queer. And there are plenty of queer people who can and do reproduce. Queerness has nothing to do with your ability to reproduce with your your genitals or body like equipment. That, however that you want to think about it. That, 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 like, that, 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 bisexual people exactly like, that's, exactly your argument is bisexual done. people trans people like it's who, who can produce children who can have children like surrogacy yeah uh to be a magical <laughs> to be what is happening <laughs> right now <laughs> to be a magically animated skeleton and climb inside an equally animated flesh bag whose bones have been dissolved by the ph of its bog is to queer <laughs> penetrative sex Comma, comma, comma. <laughs> Foucault. Dot, dot, dot. To have sex with a corpse is to challenge cultural norms that frame necrophilia as an unsocial act. This... It's, it's beyond unsocial. It's, an un, it's, it's ungodly. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 violating, it's, it's violating human remains. It's violating human rights. Yeah. Uh, this is still true even if you are somehow a corpse, ellipses. So that's ellipses... Uh, Q space, U space, E space, E space, R space, comma. This whole situation is especially funny if you realize the degree of knowledge that both friend and I have about bog bodies and about wetlands archaeology. As it specifically intersects with human remains. Well, we're really going out of the gate strong. Number two, Bone Gazi. <laughs> I am already on board with this one. Bonegazi begins as all fun Tumblr drama does. Bonegazi is such a good name. Oh, God, that's so good. It begins as all fun Tumblr drama does with a call-out post posted mid-December 2015 from Pastel Prouvé. PSA, Tumblr user, little fucking monster. It's... Stealing human bones from cemeteries in Louisiana. Please don't let them get away with this and spread the word slash signal boost. But without seeing proof, user the caps lock brony pushed back. IDK about this man. There's nothing to back up this claim at all? 
Question mark, question mark, question mark. I don't even know if you know anything about this user. You could just be a dick and trying to turn people against them. And then Pastel Prouvé fires back with a screen cap of a Facebook post by Little Fucking Monster. Uh, going uh, by their real name, Ender Darling. Content warning. Graves, bone hunting. Comment if there are added warnings needed. About 20 minutes from my house in New Orleans is what we call the poor man's graveyard. What? Okay. So, hey, um, hit that skip button. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, con the content warning is there for a reason. Hit that skipper. Most graveyards around here are full of above-ground graves because we live in a fishbowl. But there happens to be a graveyard where it is all, where it's all in-ground graves. For those of us who are too poor to afford above-ground burial. When it rains, of course, bones wash up. The older the grave, the more you find. You can literally walk around and see femurs, teeth, jaws, skull caps, etc., etc. This is where I go to find my human bones for curse work and general spells that require cool. bone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, where else are you going to go? I find human bones are easier to work with for me than, uh, than animal bone. Listen, I've got a femur, and if... I've got a femur! <laughs> ooh, ooh. And tonight, Night's I'm going to do a ritual. <laughs> Uh, anyways, I wanted to see if I started, uh, scare quotes, selling, parenthetical, basically cover shipping to wherever you happen to be. If people would be interested, I know human bones aren't easy to come by, and I usually have leftovers. I only go once so a month. So you're not even, like, you're getting more bones than you need. I only go once a month, or when it rains here. I'm only happy when it rains. Happy as an asterisk under it is great rhyming. <laughs> Here's an excerpt from their about section on Tumblr. Primal slash witchy creature. Little fucking monster. Angry, so. angry floof ball. <laughs> I have a fond love for bondage rope, other queer cuties, kitties, puppies, leather boots, brandings, cuttings, bruises, baseball bats, and my teddy bear, Izzy Darling. Not safe for work. Within one week, the call-out post achieved over 36,000 notes. Darling responded on their second blog, Fucking Heathen, now defunct. No, oh, I am bummer. not digging graves, digging up fucking graves, JFC. Long story short, a post that was posted in a queer witch collective where sell, square quotes, is understood to mean cover shipping. Still trafficking human remains sourced illegally. You're still weird. <laughs> And curse is understood to mean any spell you can cast on another physical person. Stop this. Uh, was screenshot, just my post, not the massive thread that followed and removed from the group where it context and posted. What has followed has been extremely racist, especially towards those who still practice indigenous craft. Uh, then they, again, in the second post, admit again to stealing bones that wash up. A crime. A crime. They didn't dig up anything. Uh, that that is true. Uh, they didn't dig up anything. I just found human bones. Cool. Oh man, here's the thing, you bunch of fucks. Magic is dark. Magic is bloody. Magic is scary. Magic isn't just fucking white light fairy dust bowls of honey on your damn altar. You can all stop touting the threefold rule or Wiccan read or karma thing. That shit applies only to those who believe in it. What are the words you are saying? I work with death and bones, curses and hexes, the dark and the things not for the faint of heart. I work with bones. <laughs> the TV show. <laughs>
And you ain't about to shame me for it. For stealing human remains! I'm gonna shame you for it. Fucking y'all wanna pretend that I'm not in New Orleans where I've watched, about to get racist here, black voodoo priests break into crypts and steal random full bodies. Actually, this is fun. I, I, I'm not like an expert on um, voodoo. Uh, one person here spells it incorrectly. Correct spelling is V-O-D-O-U. And two, does not have anything to do with human sacrifice or remains. This is a this is this per, this person who is is claiming uh, racism against them stealing human remains is now being racist. Tom, what is happening right now? Like, are we on the right? Y'all want to sit there <laughs> and pretend? Y'all missed the finger wag that Tom <laughs> did, and that's the real shame. That graveyard keepers aren't actually selling bodies or bones to hospitals and colleges. Yeah, yeah, they have legal ways to do it. Okay, <laughs> calm down. Listen, the thing I'm doing is illegal, and this uh, other thing that they're doing is legal, but I think that means what I'm doing is okay. I'm a good person. I just steal bones. <laughs> Darling was arrested, and while they admitted to possessing human remains, they denied selling any, which is true, um, claiming... <laughs> Their inherent power is all I need for my spells and other occult work. <sighs> this kicked off bone discourse as there is a sizable witch community on Tumblr. Basically, what? Yeah, basically. That was sarcastic. Yeah. Basically, there are ways to ethically obtain bones for use in ceremony, e.g. if somebody gives explicit permission for their bones to be used ritualistically after their passing. Listen, I just want to say that, like, if you are a witch... I, I, that is awesome. Do that's great. I wish you the best of luck in your spell casting, unless you're trying to do harm, in which case, come on, be a good witch. But if you are a witch and are stealing human bones, yeah. I want you to stop. It's human remains. They're put in the ground for specific reasons. Some, some spiritual. It doesn't have to be spiritual. It can literally just be like we ran out of room in the attic. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, it's not so you can pluck them if you're feeling handsy. Oh, guys, the, we planted Grandpa on a bone tree grew. Yeah. Uh, also, call out post good. Calling the police on a uh, uh, trans non-binary person of color is bad. A uh, lot of misgendering and dead naming in the reports I read from both reporters and police. Darling should not have been stealing bones, but people like them are in serious emotional and physical danger in prison from both inmates and police. If I was going to bring up the arrest, just wanted to make that clear. It's very true. Final story. What happened with HIV living? Bye, Tom. So two, <laughs> this so has two, been good. So, uh, my self-care corner is that my job got extended, and I'm going, bye. <laughs> so two things. One, I think it's important to remember that a lot of the people on Tumblr are young kids who aren't thinking about their actions fully. The, the two previous have not been kids. They, they have been older. Then who the fuck am I supposed to believe, Tom? <laughs> um... But they aren't thinking about their actions fully, which doesn't excuse problematic trends or individuals from criticism, but just, like, bear in mind that some of the stuff I'm about to read here does come from very young people. Two, in order to get this one, first, you have to understand Hamilton. Liam, do you know what other kin are? Hamilton is a subculture within other kin, or people who believe that they are, spiritually, not the human form they inhabit. Okay. So Hamilton are people who believe that they are spiritually characters from the hip-hop Broadway Wait, musical, musical Hamilton. Hamilton. Cool, cool, cool. 
All right, bye, Tom. <laughs> I don't want to talk about this anymore. Yeah, other other can can be like like I've read of people being like I'm an atom, like like a, a like subatomic particle, or other or like a more like standard thing would be like I'm another person in history. Okay, okay. I I don't. I don't a hundred percent know if this is a if this is like a premise that comes from an appropriative place because it feels it feels like, like it does it feels like white people going oh my god Alexander Hamilton is my spirit animal but like I don't know enough about like the specific origin to but it's, say but it's Hamilton. Hamilton. But it's specifically characters from the hip-hop musical? Hamilton, which are based off of real, real people. characters. Sure, sure, sure. So someone is going like, I am David Diggs. No, 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 no. From this no, no, portrayal no, 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 no. of Thomas Jefferson. I'm Thomas Jefferson. Which the is... The rapping version? Well, yes and no. It's a little unclear sometimes. Because... Okay, here's the thing. One... This is a problem because we're identifying spiritually, quote unquote, with slave owners. <laughs> with slave owners. This is also complicated because many kin supplant their own identities onto these real world figures. Here's an example. Quote, uh, hey. Stop. I'm an Alexander who remembers being Polly with Eliza and Lawrence. Also, pretty sure I had a mess of mental health issues. Oh, also... And a big wang. I'm 15 if that bothers anyone. It bothers me! <laughs> like, this, like, this isn't real. We're talking about real historical figures. And, like, there, like uh, there is speculation about a sexual relationship between John Lawrence and Alexander Hamilton. Like, it's entirely possible that these two men uh, had a physical relationship. But, like... It was not polyamorous. It, we, it we literally was not that. But this is presented as a memory. And this is the complication. Is like, it's not so-and-so's portrayal of this character because mm -hmm. they are having memories mm -hmm. that extend outside of the text. Right. See, Tom, what you don't know is I used to be Cleopatra and I loved the Wii U. Cleopatra <laughs> loved playing the Wii U. Couldn't get enough of Dead Rising, <laughs> chop till you drop on exactly. the Wii U. She loved playing one thing and one thing only. Dead the Rising. Wii U. <laughs> chop till you drop on the sure. Wii U. On the, on the Nintendo Wii U, now for $2 behind a Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> Just find a man sleeping in his car with a bunch of Wii U's in his trunk. But, like, that quote is indicative of what kin is. It's a way that lots of people explore their identity and examine whether they themselves exhibit queerness in a way that feels safe to them, even though, like, especially in this situation, it gets fucking super problematic. There's also the off-sided fiction kin defense that anything not explicitly in a fictionalized text is fair game for kin canon. So, of course... That doesn't make any sense. Fictional characters don't have memories. They're fictional. How dare you? Chewbacca remembers 9-11, Tom. <laughs> and again, like, these fictional characters are based off of the real people and share the same traits. Differences between uh, the, the fiction and the representation speak more to criticisms leveled against Hamilton, specifically the way that it whitewashes the truth of early American leaders. Here's an example of a fiction king defense. Quote, I'd also like to add... Before you go yelling at me, oh, you were a slave owner. How dare you? Exclamation point four times. One, one, one. 
exclamation point four times, one exclamation point, one, one exclamation point. Okay. Allow me to inform you that in my own canon, real people does not have a canon. No canon in reality. No, no, I love the can. I love the Hamilton verse, the 70s, 1776-verse. I have very vivid memories of sneaking out many, many times, spending many long nights attempting to heal the sick and injured of my father's slaves. Jesus Christ. Becoming friends with many of them. This is like the ultimate version of being like, but I have black friends. It's like, it's, it's the mental gymnastics is backbreaking. Uh, refusing my inheritance, being beaten and disowned by my family because of all this, then proceeding to illegally release the majority of the, like, this is not, I don't know how to respond not, to any of what I'm hearing. Whether or not this means anything to you is for you alone to decide, but I just thought I'd let you know the reason why I take being called a racist and a slave owner very personally. Do you though? Because you're a not that person you're just pretending to be them which is weird and you're 15 i bet <laughs> but now you have an idea of what the hamilton environment is like it's a lot of young kids who are extremely susceptible to media repurposed to feature marginalized identity enter hiv living hiv living was a blog ran by someone who purported to be an hiv positive chinese pakistani trafficking survivor living in india with their catholic somali american wife named isra all right I oh no the, the wife is not named isra the hiv positive chinese pakistani trafficking survivor is named isra got it i have a feeling that this might be a fakey fake <laughs> and then let me tell you why it's good yeah. sleuthing um <laughs> yeah a couple too many adjectives Little, a lot of a lot of descriptors, a lot of adjectives, and a lot of adjectives about people who don't have relevance to the blog itself. Yes, she rose to fame within the Hamilton fandom due to her Hamilton High School HIV positive AU fanfic. What? <laughs> Are you telling me she rewrote Hamilton set in a high school? Yeah, it's fanfic, homie. Oh, uh, uh, and you know it's on AO3. You know it's on AO3. Man. What's AO3? Archive of our own. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Ugh, I love I love this podcast because you learn so many things from me. I'm wearing my new jazz sweater. <laughs> this is how I'm treated. Tom, I'm dressed like a cup you would get at an ice rink in 2004, and this is how you treat me. In actuality, Isra was a white American college student who had not only invented the character of Isra, but had actually taken her backstory wholesale, wholesale from someone she knew in real life. She did this to gain popular... Well, and like, I don't even know if I believe that entirely. Uh, she did this to gain popularity within the Hamilton fandom and leveraged that into cash donations. She herself fully admitted this on her personal blog after being ousted. Would uh, you think that the story ends here, but it doesn't. Uh, the user who initially exposed her, a uh, user Digoxin Purpurea, uh, who had made, made like a call-up post with like screenshots of conversations and evidence that Isra did not exist. Turns out, Digoxin Purpurea had a vendetta beyond exposing this lie. HIV Living had cyberbullied Digoxin Purpurea with her own series of call-out posts. What is happening? Bringing her friends and the rest of the Hamilton fanfic community along with her. Digoxin wanted revenge. Burn Tumblr down. But why? 
But why, you ask? But why? What could Digoxin have done? What could Digoxin have done? I'll tell you. They'd written a Hamilton fanfic of their own, Liam. Hamilton fanfic featuring Lin-Manuel Miranda and a cannibal mermaid. Unfortunately, I couldn't find the fic. Uh, they were they were bullied into deleting it. Okay, if and seriously, if anybody out there Please. has like the fic in question, fucking send it in. I wanna pour through it and pull like choice excerpts from this because that's hilarious. Because that's so fucking funny. You know. I think in the long run, the internet was a very bad thing, and we should we should have stopped at like like 1964 technology wise. We stopped making stuff <laughs> socially progress, but yeah, I think I think uh, that a lot of specifically the the Hamilton story speaks to. My distaste the, for theater kids. The way that Tumblr functions is like because it has become uh, a very like queer dominated space. Not that not that Tumblr like does not have a huge fucking problem with Nazis and pedophiles and stuff. Um, and the ever elusive Nazi pedophile. <laughs> but some say the greatest hunt. <laughs> but. Uh, that there are a lot of people who are like exploring uh, their identity in in what is thought of as a queer safe space because it is queer dominated, but that ends up getting very messy because you have complicated, like, I mean, really the solution here is like make more queer art because then people don't feel forced to like supplant queerness onto extremely heterosexual things like the Hamilton musical, which, like, is a, is a, ultimately a story about a bunch of heterosexual slave owners, uh, like. But they're rapping. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Tonys. They're. God, I've never thought about that, but it is weird that that is a musical about a bunch of slave owners. Yeah. I have lots Don't of problems. Don't say something you're going to regret, Tom. I have lots of problems. I'm very anti-Hamilton. With the way that Hamilton, like, cops for uh, American or, like, U.S. power structures, especially because, like, all those fucking dudes are white supremacists. Like, let's not kid ourselves. But, and that's the problem is, like, there's not enough art for marginalized people that they have to seek themselves out and, 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 put those identities onto things that are very explicitly not queer and not, I don't know, make more queer art and it will improve the culture. There's a lot of people who criticize Tumblr as like fetishizing marginalized identity. And I think that that is missing the, the root of the problem, which is that like the reason that people on that website do fetishize marginalized identity is because it is marginalized and like they don't have the cultural uh canon to turn to to like talk about things and positively discuss and experience and like com uh, like communally share them as a fandom and so then you get weird shit like this hamilton there are other Tumblr dramas like uh, Sixpence's Child Slave or The Toe Necklace Incident, but I thought that that would be enough for one ep. 
I mean, I want to know about the toe necklace. <laughs> I'd really like to hear a story about the toe necklace. Maybe I'll do a part two one day because there's a the, the Tumblr drama is an infinite wellspring. So sometimes we talk about bummer stuff like stupid clown movies, and then Tom changes reality for <laughs> for a little bit. Uh, but then it's cool because we drive on down to everyone's favorite dispensary, the self care corner. Mm-hmm. Um, I already said my self care corner. My second one is that I got my jazz sweater. You know that design you see on cups with the blue and the purple. That's the sweater I got. Now I look like a cup. Uh, my self care corner is that my wonderful, amazing, significant other moved into a new apartment, and that apartment has a goddamn jacuzzi in the roof. Did you pee in it immediately? <laughs> I thought about it. Yeah, uh, you're a monster and a menace. Um, but it was, oh man, it was real good. I helped move in, and then I got to go in the goddamn jacuzzi. It was real nice. Uh, you just grew a prospector hat out of nowhere doing that voice you have a pickaxe i'm gonna go find gold in these here mountains we're not well there are mountains outside but maybe wait till the morning everybody thank you for listening to another episode of media majors visit the new website majorcastsnetwork.com to check out the other shows on the network we've got big time whoopsies a a podcast about fun stories of historical incompetence. We've, we've got a lot of shows, so maybe don't explain every single one. The Double X Files, a wonderful uh, new addition to the network with Courtney and Allison, two wonderful, wonderful people who are extremely funny. Who were guests on the most recent episode, episode of, of King Me, my other Synergy podcast about uh, uh, adaption and storytelling through the lens of Stephen King. Listen to Sunday Morning Hangover here while you still can. Oh, yeah, that's another one that I was on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you know what? As always, we've still got some cool things going on on the network. Maybe some new stuff coming on down the line. We'll talk about it later. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Media Majors Cast. You can, you can follow us on Twitter. Well, our, our Twitters are in the bios. Thanks, thanks for listening, everybody. Oh, and Media Majors Podcast at gmail.com. Rate and review. Yep. We love you, and we'll be there for you. Thanks for listening to the Major Casts Network. Stay fun, stay nasty, and stay major.